Just a quick content warning for this episode. Um, the film that we're talking about contains domestic abuse, uh, miscarriage as part of the plot, um, and deals with mental illness. And it sounds like it deals with those things in not a very sensitive way. Um, so if any of those things uh, are going to cause you trouble, feel free to skip the episode. There's plenty of other episodes. We won't mind. Uh, but also, uh, if you want to listen to it, uh, hopefully it's quite a fun episode. Um, uh, just uh, make sure there's someone around you that you can talk to or share the experience with or it's looking after you. Uh, thanks a lot. See you soon. Hello and welcome to the Good Robot Andes. I've completely forgotten what episode it is. I've no idea. Second, you have to go look second. it up. Uh, season nine, episode thirteen. Ooh, lucky thirteen. Lucky thirteen. Uh, welcome. My name is Andy Balam, and this is Andy Cockerill. And together we are the Good Robot Andes. We didn't even make an attempt to say that at the same time, so let's not do that. <laughs> let's not do. That. I don't <laughs> think. I don't think video call technology is at that level. It reminds um, me of the the advert that the Ghostbusters do in the movie Ghostbusters, which is really shambolic. <laughs> so yeah, we're for the first time in a while we're broadcasting live as we record. Uh, the platform we're using for that is Twitch. You can go to twitch.tv slash goodrobotandies. I think that's right. Um, uh, on every other Monday, about 8.30 or 8 or something like that, um, UK time, London time. Um, and we might be recording live on Twitch. Um, we're not that keen on the big evil platforms, so we might even start streaming on some other service. We thought we'd give Twitch a go, see if anyone turns up. It's the kind of... Simplest thing to set up, I guess. Yeah. We could run we can run an own cast. We could even multi I have set up multicasting to owncast and Twitch for my other streams, so it is doable, but it's it, much less straightforward than just clicking stream <coughs> like we did Excuse tonight. Me. Anyway. Anyway, sorry. Sorry to get onto uh business you don't care about. Um listener. Uh but anyway, you might care about uh joining us live to hear the, the magic that is the five minutes of shambolic Pre-show, pre-show stuff, yes. <laughs> and the bit where we sit for ten seconds of silence, and Andy tries to make me laugh, stuff like that. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, if you want to join us, um, follow us on Twitch, and then and, and follow us on Mastodon anyway. Um, it's uh, at Good Robot Andy's at Mastodon Social. Um, if you follow us there, you'll find out just things like. Um, when we're broadcast, when we're recording, when we're broadcasting, when a new episode comes out, stuff like that. Having said that, I just realised I forgot to um, to tell the people on Mastodon that we're broadcasting now, so I might so just do nobody that. Nobody, okay, yeah, yeah. But uh, Andy, why don't you tell us what uh, what thing we're talking about this evening? Okay, we're talking about a movie, uh, and that movie is called Malignant. Malignant, and with no prior knowledge. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, about that, except that you told me the title earlier, and then you reminded me of the title just now. Yeah. I would say that this is an insect-based horror movie. Hmm. So very, very small, almost like a play. Um, involves people, but in kind of dark, musty corners where um, <laughs> there are a lot of insects that are going to eat you kind of thing. I mean, that's not bad. Is that about right? That isn't what it is. Right. <laughs> that isn't what it is. I, I'm going to make a confession on this week's uh, pod. Huh? And that confession is, is that this is not a, like an indie horror, like, like what we might normally talk about. All right. We, we might normally talk about something that's um, bubbling under a little bit or, uh, you know, needs a bit of publicity. I think this film does need a bit of publicity, but it was distributed by Warner Brothers. Right, right, right. Um, produced by New Line and a couple of other studios, and is directed by James Wan, who is a very well-established horror film director. Right. It is a horror film, by the way. Right. Um, but I absolutely so love this less, film. Bit, which is a bit less indie than usual, is that what yes, you're saying? Yes, yes, it is, yeah. Um, well, they don't all have to be incredibly indie, do they? No. It's also, it has to be said, not universally liked either. Okay, oh, so that I'm, sounds interesting. So I'm talking about it tonight because I really enjoyed it. For what Excellent. it was, 
because it knows what it is and uh anyway let's let's, awesome. let's talk about it let's talk about it and i can i can then justify why it should be on our list okay i just told yeah. the people on mastodon uh, that we're live nice um uh, out of uh, not but not out of lack of preparedness but out of protest at the possibility that elon musk might buy twitter we won't tell the people on twitter no no okay? he has he is buying it for okay, 44 well, yeah. billion dollars okay well in that case should we tell the uh should we tell the people on twitter that we're casting live on twitch that's going to be our last our last broadcast presumably <sighs> all right let me okay i'll do it Okay. I just have to log in because I'm totally unprepared. That's the problem here. I don't think anybody's going to mind. I mean, if they put up with us this long. <laughs> exactly. All ten of our listeners. <laughs> no, no. They're, they're, no, it's about that. <laughs> um, I can't find... Oh, you know what? I'm, I can't find our Twitter login, so I think I'm about to give up. And oh, no, I found it, I found it. <sighs> Reject non-essential cookies. Wow, it's hard to find the just just sign in with a login instead of using some. It is hard, isn't it, on Twitter? To... Yeah. Well, hopefully Elon Musk will make that easier. You know. <laughs> yeah, it'll make everything easier because he's such a maverick. Especially being Donald Trump, will make that really easy. Really easy. Yeah. Right. It, oh, come on! Why are you refreshing the page? A command. We are live now. It's tweeted. Nice. We did it. We did it. Okay. 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 I'm, in, I'm in the room. All right. So well, so, so far by being live, we've made it the, one of the worst podcasts we've done ever. Ever? <laughs> no, it's not. I think the early ones where we we used um, some game streaming audio to record the audio was pretty bad quality. Ah, uh, mumble. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. mumble. Yeah. Did we record but, audio using mumble? Yes. Well, and was, it was bad. Was bad it, it sounded like an bad AM decision. radio. <laughs> <laughs> We record locally using Audacity. We do, yes. Anyway, here we go. So, <laughs> Malignant, not Maleficent. Yeah. Right, is a, right. Uh, do not get these films mixed up, kids. Right, it's no, very important. Yeah. That's important for kids. It's a 2021, so quite new, right. American horror film directed by James Wan, mm -hmm. who is a very experienced horror movie director. It's going to go through his... Um, uh, just pick some stuff out. So, what do we got here? He directed the first Saw film. Oh, okay. You've lost me already. Okay. Not um, that I've seen it. I haven't seen it. Maybe it's really good. It's okay. Okay. Yeah, he directed Insidious. Okay. Didn't that you say that was all right? Yeah. The Conjuring, okay. which I really enjoyed. Okay. Uh... One of the Fast and Furious movies. Oh, gosh. Well done. Yeah, I know. Well, I guess he did it for the paycheck. Um, Conjuring 2. Uh, Malignant. And he's um, he also made Aquaman, which is a god-awful mess of a film, but is actually reasonably entertaining. <laughs> okay. So, looking back at that, he doesn't have mm -hmm. a great um, pedigree as a, as a director, I don't think. You mean... You mean Speaking from the point of view of someone who likes independent, and, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, he films. definitely goes for like. Um, I mean, the thing is, I like some of his movies. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. think he knows how to put a film together, and right, right. Uh, you know, and if you're going to go and see a film, you want to go and see a film where someone knows how to put it together. True, true. Which you is might watch some other things as well. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, you um, could say that Spielberg is just a master of knowing how to put a film together, right? And he's done well. Yes. I would say that Spielberg is the person, along with, along with a couple of others, who, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if you go and see a Spielberg movie, you will know that it's going to be meticulously put together. Yeah, it's gonna, you're going to know whose side you're on, you're going to know what's happening. On that subject, actually, I was listening mm -hmm. to um, Listener. If you're, if, you're, if you're new to Twitch and you're new to this podcast, uh, this is how we do it. We digress a great deal. Oh, and there'll be spoilers. There will, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, very spoilery. So I was listening to Mark Comode talking to Rachel Ziegler, who is in the remake of West Side Story. 
that I spoke uh-huh. about on pods past. Uh-huh. And he, Mark Comer was asking her, what's it like being directed by Steven Spielberg? And she said, he's incredibly meticulous and very right. picky. Right. So he looks, he's always watching the monitors. And if right. you do something he doesn't like, he immediately pulls you up on it and says, no, don't do your lipstick like that because it's really distracting. You have to do it like this. Right, right, right. Um, so, which I thought was interesting. Um, yeah. Because, you know, when, when we think of famously interventionist directors like um, Stanley Kubrick, who made people right. do hundreds of takes, I don't yeah. think of Steven Spielberg in those terms. I don't really know why I don't think of him in those terms. Okay, I, I don't. I don't feel like I'm that surprised to hear um, that he's he's sort of on it. Yeah, he's definitely on it. Yeah, he's watching right, everything. Right, right. Yeah, he's watching stuff that's going to be distracting, basically. So in a in an extreme right. in a right, in a right, right. in a big close up, he knows exactly what's going to distract the audience. Right, right, right. Because right. he's got such a good eye. Yeah, which is cool. I thought that was interesting. Um. So, this is from a screenplay by Akela Cooper, based on a story by James Wan, Ingrid Bisu, and Cooper. And the film stars Annabelle Wallace as a woman who begins to have visions of people being murdered, only to realise the events are happening in real life. So that's, that's okay. the high concept of this thing. So she's having visions? Yes. As opposed to dreams? Like these are waking... Yes, they're visions, yeah. Okay, okay. Um... Also stars Matt, uh, Maddie Hassan, George Young, Michael Brianna White, and Jacqueline McKenzie. Um, was released. Are these people that I know? Not really, no. They're sort of fairly low key actors. Uh, Jacqueline McKenzie's okay. Australian, actually. I so think we're not she talking was in... some kind of big budget. Um... No, I mean, it didn't do that well. So it right. was released in September last year. Mm hmm. Uh, it was one of these. That was probably quite a fairly difficult time to be released. Yes, I think it was. Yeah, this was the time when HBO Max were releasing films straight to streaming. Right. The thing that Denny Villeneuve famously said: "You can now see Dune on the least favourite streaming service," which I thought was <laughs> amusing. Um, <laughs> but they're still paying him to make another one. So which maybe one's that? Amazon? No, HBO Max. Oh right, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um and the film has grossed thirty four million against a budget of forty million. So it didn't it didn't quite clear its budget. But it'll, it'll make it back. Of course yeah. it will. Yeah, of course it will. Um, okay, so forty million. Put that in context for me. Uh, how much was Ready Player One? Oh, do you want me to look? Approximately. I'd approximately. Say a lot more. Let me, like two hundred million. Yeah, probably. Uh Ready Player One. This is where a man looks something up on the internet. <laughs> I'm really, I I feel like I've just ruined our podcast this evening. Budget of 155 to 175. Okay, so near, nearly near enough 200 billion. But took over million. 500, so you know. Yeah. Did well. Yeah. Did well. Yeah, it's good. Um, um. Okay, so it's big. This film is big, like it's a big studio film, but it's not. Not. It's not super blockbuster. expensive. Yeah. Um. So the the movie starts with a flashback to 1993. Remember that? Mm-hmm. 1993? Mm. That was a good yeah, year. Yeah, like, and much better than I do yesterday. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, so Dr. Florence Weaver, who's played by Jacqueline McKenzie, and her colleagues have been treating a psychiatric patient called Gabriel. Uh-huh. Gabriel has special powers, in quotes, air quotes. Uh-huh. I'm doing Austin Powers air quotes. <laughs> He's able to control electricity... And broadcasts his thoughts through speakers, what? which is yeah, I know it's nuts. It really is. Hey, nuts. Like, is he actually able to do that, or does he think he's able to? Do it? No, he's able to do it. He's able to do it. And in so a thing, what universe is this exactly? Film set in? So, in a thing, I think you will enjoy a great deal. I think you enjoy, mm-hmm. as I do, a really cheesy line that's delivered in a very hammy voice. <laughs> I'm not sure I enjoy that as much as you do, but, but let, I really let's try me. Let's try me. Yeah. Let's try me. So, the, so the cheesy line that um, that he uses is, "It's time to cut out the cancer." <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds ideal. Yeah, so that's I'm, a very I mean, kind I think of, of choke um, on him. Choke on him. Yeah, choke on him is a good one. Yeah. 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 Um. So, 
Gabriel turns violent and kills several staff and members of the institution, at which point the doctor says, it's time to cut out the cancer. That turns that then turns into a catchphrase that comes back later in the okay. film. Oh, this yeah. is really unexpected. What, in film. terms of how cheesy it is? For our podcast, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, I did say that this is not yeah, a typical, yeah. typical well, film. That's, that is um, playing out. Yeah. So 27 years later, Madison Lake, who is a pregnant woman living in Seattle, returns home to her abusive husband, Derek Mitchell, mm-hmm. after her pregnancy causes her to feel ill at work. And during, a, during an argument, Derek smashes her head against a wall, which causes her to bleed. It's quite a nasty scene, this, actually. So right. if, if listener is triggered by this kind of thing, they don't hold back in showing domestic violence. Okay. Um, she then locks herself in the bedroom and falls asleep. She then later wakes up to find Derek's dead body after having had a dream of a man entering the house and violently killing him. Okay, so now we're questioning whether she's not only seeing these things but making them happen. Yeah, and the killer, who is still in the house, attacks her and renders her unconscious. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So this is all very well played out. It's very creepy and strange. Um, The next morning, she wakes up in hospital and is informed by her sister that her baby did not survive the attack, which is, again, triggering for Mm. people. Sad. Mm. Um, Quite a powerful scene, actually. Um, She's then interviewed by the police, who want to know, obviously, what's going on. Um, Madison reveals to her sister that she was adopted at eight years old, so she's not her sister. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we then see the killer, in quotes, because we haven't actually mm-hmm. seen them yet, kidnap a woman running a Seattle underground tour. And Madison has another vision, this time with the killer murdering Dr. Weaver, who is like the person who is was in charge of the it's time to cut out the cancer bit. <laughs> I'm going to say that a great deal during this podcast. (laughs) Okay. So during the the police investigation, Mm -hmm. uh, they discover a photo of Madison as a child in Dr. Weaver's house and learn that Dr. Weaver specialized in child reconstructive surgery. Hmm. Might be a clue there as to what's going on. Hang on. What, What does that mean? We'll find out. Okay, we're not supposed to know yet. Okay. No, okay. no, not yet. No. Okay. Um, so Madison and her sister approach the police after Madison has another vision, this time of the killer murdering another doctor who was at the scene that day. Uh, the same killer? Or? The same killer, yeah. Okay. So the killer contacts Madison and reveals himself to be Gabriel, Madison's childhood imaginary friend. Okay. Yeah. He was also from 93? Yes. Well, okay. Gabriel is Gabriel is the one that they operated on in the um, hospital. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. They then visit mother, who's played Jean, to learn more. Madison realizes that Gabriel was not her imaginary friend, but someone real to whom she spoke during her childhood. Oh, that's scary. Yeah, and now it it really does get quite scary. Yeah. Um, they then find another one of the doctors has been murdered. Uh-huh. They then employ a psychiatric hypnotherapist who hopes to uh-huh. unlock Madison's memories. That'll probably go well. Oh, yeah. Well, like it did in The Exorcist, yeah. That went well. <laughs> I'm speaking to the person inside Reagan now. If you were there, you were hypnotized too. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. No. Um, so Madison recalls that her birth name is Emily May... And that Gabriel, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> wanted to kill her unborn sister. Right. Creepy. She came close to doing it, but was able to stop herself. So the police arrest Madison when the kidnapped woman... F- Ga- yes. Gabriel to- was tolling, telling her to kill her unborn sister. Yes. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Now the police arrest Madison when the kidnapped woman from the... Um, the underground tour falls from the attic in her home. And at this point we realize that, Hey, there's something weird going on here. 
this woman that was kidnapped, that location that we were led to believe was somewhere else, right. is actually Madison's home. It's her attic. Okay, okay. Yes, yeah. It's very strange. So this, uh, this has a sense of unhingedness, which I'm guessing is why you like it? Yes, very much so, yes. But I'll, I'll get into that in a moment anyway. Okay, okay. So she's then arrested and put in prison because they think that she did it. And at, right. this, at this point, um, in the back of her head, where she hurt her head in, when her husband smashed her head into the wall, a face starts to appear. <laughs> yep. And this is the face of Gabriel. So they are actually in the same body. He's actually in her head. Yes. All along. All along, yeah. So was it was it her that did all the murder then? Is it yes. just like psycho? Well it was her but not her. So it was her body but yeah. under his control. Right. Yeah, well it was mother, wasn't it? It wasn't. Yeah, exactly. So um yeah. she gets arrested, she's in this like big jail cell with all these other women who are giving her a hard time because she's quite pretty and not doesn't look and like a convict. she's got a face on the back of her head. Well, they don't realise this, but then okay. it appears. And oh, Gabriel, it appears and disappears? No, it appears now. It's like fully, it's fully there, basically. Right, but is it, does it sometimes not visible? No, it hasn't been fully visible until now. We now realise okay. what it is. Okay, okay. okay. Right. Uh, so the Gabriel then, whilst walking backwards... Proceeds to kill yeah. all the women in the jail cell in really nasty ways. So, when you say walking backwards, you mean the fa- Gabriel's face is facing forwards? Gabriel's the- face is, is poking out the back of her head. Yeah, yeah, but then when she's walking, is that face moving as if it was facing no. forward? Or? Uh, her, so, that when she's walking, she's walking backwards. Yeah, her normal self is walking backwards. Yes. Right. Yes, <laughs> but her normal so self difficult. is basically asleep and she can't. <laughs> She can't yeah. um, influence what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, in a yeah. very nicely orchestrated scene, mm. Gabriel kills all of these women in the cell who are absolutely terrified of this this creature Weird. that's poking out the back that of her head. head. It's um thing. That sounds so cool. It is cool. Yeah, it's very cool. He then gets out of the cell and he proceeds to kill loads of cops. Um and Still Gabriel Gabriel then reveals that he is the cause of all of her miscarriages because she had loads of miscarriages. Right, right He was right. feeding off her fetuses in order to grow. You know, it's pretty grisly yes. stuff, really. More triggering yeah, stuff there, really. Not exactly sensitive. No, definitely not. Handling of miscarriage. No. no, but angry at this revelation, she takes back control of her body. Um, right. And she locks him away in her mind, basically, you know kind of cheesy right, scene right, right, right. to say you mm-hmm, can't come mm-hmm. out until you promise to be good it's time to cut out the cancer <laughs> <laughs> i told you i'd do that again yeah well I, I appreciate it every time yeah it's really good so um that's basically the story um when this came out i, mean, I remember when mark kermode reviewed this he was just uh-huh. like aghast at you know what is this film it's mm-hmm. it's completely insane, and he said in the final third of the movie it goes completely bonkers. So, did he think it was therefore bad? Or? No, he didn't think it was bad. He was just thought it was a okay. bit of a mess. Right. But right, loads right. of people wrote in to say, you know, I haven't been to the cinema for so long. I went to see this, and I absolutely blew me away. It's just, it's such a visceral, eighties right. style um, slasher movie, basically a supernatural slasher movie, eighties mm-hmm. style. Mm-hmm. It's so enjoyable, if you enjoy it for what it is. Okay. So, and don't try and, uh, you know, think that it's high art, because it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not <laughs> high art. It reminded me very much of things like Society, for example, um, mm-hmm. and also mm-hmm. of the the 1980s films of Paul Verhoeven, so stuff like Robocop right. um, and stuff like Starship Troopers, even Total Recall, just like with the extreme right. violence and the high concept. Right. Um, and the performances are all very highly charged, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it. And, and you know, and, and I'm sure I will polarise our listener, who probably <laughs> hated How this. can we do that? <laughs> but I do remember um, the film critic Clarice Lockery, who sometimes sits in for Mark Kermode, saying, doing a live watch of this and then reporting on Twitter what she thought of it. Right. And saying, what's going on? This is amazing. 
And at the end, just saying, this is James Wan's Phantom of the Opera. That's what it is. It's really heightened emotionally and uh, full on, basically. Okay. And loads of fun, as long as I say, you know, you take it for what it is. Well, it certainly polarised critics, anyway, in terms of what they thought of it. After enjoying Mother, and then I think enjoying Mother more, the more I thought about it afterwards. Right, yeah. That Mother. makes me up for Mother. Makes me up for like chaotic, yeah, films. That it definitely is chaotic, yeah. And the twist escalate. when it when it finally appears, the twist is like that is completely insane. But I am on board with this insanity kind of thing, <laughs> you know. I sanction this insanity, right? And the line, "It's time to cut out the cancer," is. <laughs> Well deployed. <laughs> so, um, okay, here's the question. Yes. Um, so it does have this this high concept behind it. Yeah. This this idea. What, what's the big idea? The big idea is that this person is living in her head. Or, yeah, but she's not aware of it. So that that's the big idea. Um, so it does have this big idea, but what does it teach us? You know, is it a a moral story? Is it teaching us something about mental illness? You know. Hmm. No, I don't think so. No, I don't think it has any great message to uh, impart. I think it's nothing. There's no. absolutely nothing. It's just pure entertainment. Is it? Is it? Is it maybe part of like a zeitgeist of the time? You know, now, like, is it? Or maybe. It last Ma- year? Yeah, maybe it is. I think. Um, Wait, what zeitgeist? What? Well, I think the zeitgeist of? that we're talking about there is pandemic. Yeah, it's been a very difficult time for people. And if you want to have a, if you w- went to see this at the cinema and just have a release of being able to thoroughly enjoy something that's completely nuts, of just going, oh, yeah, exactly, oh. yes, then it's perfect, right. really. Right. So yeah, okay. So yeah, okay. All right. I can always fit that into. A it's almost. Yeah, so what's the word I'm we thinking were, of? We were like buttoned down. By Absolutely. The, yeah. By the pandemic, and this is a chance to just feel like you've been released okay yes yes and again i'm gonna i'm quoting mark Kermode again but he talked about going to see a movie where russell crowe drives like a truck and tries to run people down in it and that's the first mm-hmm. thing he saw at the cinema um when cinemas reopened and he said i didn't care that it wasn't very good i just wanted to watch russell crowe driving a truck and being angry on a big screen <laughs> <laughs> and i can understand that yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I, mean, I think, yeah, I've certainly, I've certainly felt very constrained for a long time. Yeah, yeah definitely. So I'll just read you a few um, critics' mm-hmm. things here. So Variety wrote, It's hard to say whether a film this bonkers works or not, but it's impossible not to admire the, both the craft and the extravagant bad taste bit behind its go-for-broke energy. Which I don't <laughs> think is kind of what I'm saying, really. It's very reminiscent okay. of Verhoeven in that way. Right, the bad taste. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, yeah. I mean, Robocop. Robocop. Yeah. Robocop has so many outstanding scenes of just in-your-face bad taste. Hey, that, yeah, hey, just that stuff that you shouldn't yeah. you shouldn't represent on the screen, no. especially not with such joy. No, and it, yeah, exactly, exactly. And you know, the the director's cut, which is now like the the version that you can buy, mm-hmm. where Ed Two O Nine shoots up the executive. Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. just goes on and on and on and on and the director's cut you just think until it runs out of bullets basically and he looks like a piece of burger meat on the floor and it's just so out of order but you can't stop watching it like the bit in Total Recall where Arnie rips off Michael Ironside's arms and says see you at the party Richter it's amazing but are we okay but are we so Malignant is like that, that now it's like well, is that. it like especially is the bad taste about domestic abuse and miscarriage? No, is no. It, so is it's it unforgivable. No, it's not about in this that. Day and so age. let's let's talk about that actually. So okay, the domestic abuse and like the fact that Gabriel did unspeakable things to her body in order to grow bigger. That stuff is handled very well. Um, it's not handled in a exploitative way. The stuff that's handled in an exploitative okay. way is when Gabriel goes on a killing spree. So that okay, stuff okay. is full-on explo- exploitation cinema. 
So as far as you were concerned, um, it didn't make you uncomfortable about the way it was handling those subjects? No, no. I think they, they did it very carefully, yeah. Obviously, there's a lot of people who would not be interested in watching a, a, an entertainment film that featured those subjects in a, <laughs> no. a light a light way like this. No, 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 no. But it that does deal with the, you, okay. with the idea of se- um, domestic abuse. Uh-huh. It deals with it in a very serious way. Right. Yeah. So that's one of one of the the critics mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the other one says, uh, "What does it say here?" Oh yeah, if you must see it, a theatre might honestly be the best bet. That way, right. you can either laugh along in utter shock with your fellow theatre goers. Um, now somebody else said it's silly, it's outrageous, and it's a blast, which I think is. Uh, Hundred percent true. It is very silly, and it is an I mean, absolute sounds, blast. Sounds a lot better than the the insect related movie that I pitched at the beginning. I think it probably is better than that. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. better than Maleficent as well. Right, I haven't seen Maleficent, and although you shouldn't get those two films mixed up, no. you'll traumatize your children forever. Um, do I want to see Maleficent? I don't know. It'd probably be all right. It looks it's all okay. Right. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, okay. Angelina okay. Jolie's very good in it. Oh, it's got Angelina Jolie in. I'm a yeah. big fan. Yeah, well, she's good in it. Chateau Copley is terrible in it, doing an awful Scottish accent. Okay. He's he's the guy who was in District 9. Vikas, <sighs> what's his name? Vikas van der Meerd or something? Vic van der Meer, yeah, something like that, isn't he? Yeah, here's some papers. You have to go now. <laughs> oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's a great oh, District film, 9 is so good. Uh, my only problem with it is that the other films he's made have been rubbish, and that's made me think, well, maybe District 9's not good after all. But No, it is good. It's really, really good. It's lightning in a bottle, that film. It's so good. He never managed to, to replicate that formula. Right. So are we on to things we've watched? Because there's, speaking of accents, I have a... Uh, I think we are. I'm just going to have a cough story. for a moment. Okay, go for just it. Hold on. <laughs> So the thing that I watched the other day with the family yes, was we were looking for a murder mystery film and we watched a couple of Poirots, one one of which was not... Who's the bloke who's really good at playing Poirot? He did the t- all the TV movies. David Suchet. David Suchet. So we watched one that wasn't David Suchet. It was... Oh, it was... Um, Albert Finney? Oh, what's his name? Oh. No, 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 newer. Um, Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh, who, by the way, was really good in... Um, Murder on the Orient Express. Yes, yeah, so he plays Poirot. He, and he directed he that Poirot. as well. I thought that was really good, but we yeah. didn't watch that. We watched Murder on the Nile. Oh, Death on the Nile. That's not supposed Death to be very good. Death on the good. Nile. It's really not very good. Oh, dear. It's like, there's things about it that are weird as well. Like, there's, there's it, it opens almost with this, like, massively over-sexualized sexy dancing between this couple yeah. who are supposed to be in love that like just was completely inappropriate for the time period. Oh it just sort of, you know, it's just totally what they're doing, like oh, popping and locking and that kind of thing. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Mate, but <laughs> well, you know, like street dancing, like, that kind of thing in nineteen twenties um, Egypt. The, she was sort of rubbing herself all over him in ways that would just would have been completely unacceptable. So, like a strictly come time. dancing, um, that kind of thing. Worse, worse than that. Um, oh dear. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Um, uh. And, and it, that was, you know, that was uncomfortable for me, watching with my kids. But it was also just, just stupid. There were a number of other things about it that were just stupid. Yeah. Uh, so it was a bit annoying. So then after that, we watched, no, I'm not going to remember the name of it, but it's got the bloke in it who is Doctor Who. Not Doctor Who. <laughs> James Bond. James Bond. Oh, Daniel the Craig. James Bond. Okay. Daniel Craig. Was it Knives Out? No, it's Knives Out. Thank okay. you. Hey, um, straight to it. And... My kids could not handle the fact that he was doing a, a what I thought was quite a good yeah, it's a good accent, deep South accent. Yeah, yeah. They could not handle it because it was him, and they said, "Oh, it's a terrible accent." And it's not like, a terrible accent. I've watched enough Walking Dead to know that's a pretty reasonable. It's accent, a good accent. As far as I'm concerned, I couldn't handle the fact that 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 movie was so freaking long. Right. Well, <laughs> I actually really really enjoyed it. A good Christopher so Plummer really... performance in that. Actually, he's very good. Who's in that? It. He plays the the older man, right? Yeah, and there is a Knives Out too, so I might be watching that. Electric Boogaloo, yes, <laughs> there is. Well, Netflix now, 
I think are now financing that franchise right. for um Yes, because the sequel is on Netflix, Netflix and the original wasn't. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I recommend Knives Out. It was good. Yeah, good, but I for me, personally, over long. Right, right. Could have right. lost I'm half sure an was... hour. I, you know, I can I can forego the exploding helicopter, but could have lost half an hour. <laughs> easily. Yeah, I, I it's um well, what it achieved for me, I thought was all the things you're looking for from a classic mystery story, yep. but with a, a genuine twist on the on the structure of that story, so that it was way more interesting than just doing yet another same yeah. thing. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. And I really liked the central character. Hmm. Nice. So it was good. And I really liked, I liked Daniel Craig, and I thought he did a good accent. Yeah, yeah, it's a good accent. Not bad. Your kids are snobs, and they need to get get over themselves. Frankly, I think they're fools. Yeah, right. Fools, okay, yeah, fools. Yeah, they just don't know what they're talking about. They're fools. Yeah, do the uh, do the uh, catchphrase again. It's time to cut out the cancer. <laughs> you might have to stop for another cough, though. That's the only problem with doing it. Oh that, yeah, it, it really. I've does got a bit of a little. tickle. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a tickle. <sighs> All right, so we yeah, I saw that. Have you seen anything good? Um, I finished watching um, Return of the King with my my eldest son. Right, right, uh, right. Director's cut, so the extended version. Uh, really, really enjoyed that. Really, right. What yeah. it, that's one of the Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings ones. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Okay. Really enjoyed it. Thought it was terrific. So I'll insert here that I watched one of the Hobbit films. Oh, really? Why? Play. Who hurt you? <laughs> my sons were watching it, <sighs> and I was like, I'll just go and watch it, and I was asleep in, like, yeah, minutes. Yeah, so boring. And then I woke up occasionally and thought, oh, I wish I was asleep. Yep. That was it. Yeah, it's not, they're not good. They're, they're basically cash grabs, those Hobbit movies. Yeah. It makes me it's sad. It's pretty disgraceful, isn't it? Well, because at one time, before Peter Jackson came back on board, there were supposed to be two movies... And they were supposed to be directed right. by Guillermo del Toro. And they would have been right. so much better if they'd been like what did, that. What did he direct that I was thinking about the other day? Pan's Labyrinth, Hellboy, uh, The Devil's Backbone, uh, Pacific oh, Rim. I think, I think you're Pacific Rim, yeah. I, I've got, for some reason, I've got a hankering to watch Pacific Rim. I love Pacific Rim. Um, I've seen it several you, times. I've seen it, and it's 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 pretty empty, but uh, but but yeah, it does look nice, though, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, wow, I just felt like watching it. So I will. Uh, I mean, I agree with you. We, I agree with you. It is pretty empty, but wow, what empty? Yeah, I mean, I just like <laughs> massive robots hand to hand fighting with and, massive monsters. And there's and a quite a lot of like that, that, isn't there? There's a lot of <laughs> massive robots fighting massive monsters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Sometimes <clears throat> grabbing a boat and smacking it around the head with a boat, which is you know, mm. fun. I, mean, I don't know about the ethics of that, but yeah. No, no, the ethics are quite dodgy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, finished Return of the King. What else did we watch uh, recently? I can't remember now. I have been watching Russian Doll Series 2. Oh, you finished it, didn't you? You said. Yes, I finished it. Have you not finished it? I haven't even started it yet. We've got other oh. stuff to get through. Oh. oh, so I would say to you, I won't, I'm obviously not spoiling anything. No, no spoilers, please. Um, but Russian Doll Series 2, uh, like, in the middle of it, I turned to my wife and said, they can just do anything, can't they? Like, I don't know what's going to happen in the next five minutes. Nice. And certainly not in the next series, if there is one. Um, and they just take it, they, they take the story to a place that you, like, they just so definitely avoid the kind of, let's do the same thing again in the next right. series. Right, because it is a different concept this time, isn't it? It's well. I don't even want to say like. Okay. It's more than it's more than what you just said. Hmm. Okay. Cough. Cough time. Uh, and <coughs> I, I think I liked it more than series one. It made me want to go back and I'd forgot. Like a load of times, I thought, oh, if I just remembered season one better and who these people were and stuff, I'd have enjoyed this more. So I feel like watching season one again. Well, I mean, that's not a bad thing. Um, there is something you should watch on Netflix, actually. Oh yeah. The OA. Oh, we started that. watching that, and we didn't get much past the stage of, oh, something weird's going on, and we kind of lost interest. Oh no, you should 
stick with it. It's I mean, it's pretty I, amazing. I probably shouldn't have watched it with my wife. I think it wasn't wife suitable. No, it definitely isn't. No, it it's right. quite right. disturbing. But uh, it's it, the OA is amazing. Okay. At, at least series one is amazing. I wasn't that hot on series two. It was cancelled after series two. Okay. But as a standalone so piece of work, series one is amazing. That's interesting because so, a lot of things I've watched recently, series one is just like the intro to series two. So yeah, it wasn't like that then. I don't get that from the OA. It seems like a self-contained thing. Right, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. It's I very cool. Prefer. It's very strange. It's got a really strong performance from Jason Isaacs. Right. Uh, also, singer Sharon Van Etten, who is a favourite of ours at home, she's in it oh, yeah. as well. She's very good. Alright. Yeah. I can't think cool, what else cool. we've been watching. I don't think anything. Uh, we're still working through the Stand Stephen King adaptation, right? Which is very good. I don't right. think anything new, though. I don't think we've started watching anything new. Oh, no, sure, we have. We have. A show called Love Lovecraft Country. Okay. Which came out on, no, I'm thinking HBO, a couple of years ago, um, which is like a mashup of civil rights, politics, and horror. Uh-huh. Uh, so it features... Um, some some black folks traveling across America and getting involved in Lovecraftian style, H.P. Lovecraft style horror. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like Cthulhu type creatures and this kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, mm. It's pretty mad. It's got a really good cast, but it kind mm. of rolls in the kind of um, the horror kind of becomes an integral part of what it's like to be a black person in 1950s America basically right yeah yeah there's been a, a little bit of horror trying to express that kind of like race type stuff recently yeah. that I find really exciting and interesting yeah definitely <clears throat> but I don't think we've started watching anything else nothing new the Coen Brothers thing as well oh the Coen Brothers thing where a black family moved into a white neighbourhood in the 50s America. oh hmm there's a show on Prime called Them yeah, it wasn't that, but it's it's the same idea. Yeah, which was another show that um, almost jumped the shark, right? And managed to pull it back, right? Yeah, pretty powerful, powerful stuff though. Yeah. Speaking of things that jump the shark, yes, I haven't managed. I haven't got back into the American Office. Right. I got a long way into it, and I was still I was enjoying it, but at some point, I kind of I did lose interest. Um, oh, I started watching. Hand, actually, I did start watching Parts of Recreation with my oldest son. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, and we're he, watching that. With he loves it. We started watching yeah. season three, which is, I think, right. is the best one. It's one that they give right. Andy Dwyer more to do, and the whole romance between him and April, which is so funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I think there's a payoff if you if you go through those early seasons and then that happens. So I just we haven't like, got to that. Yeah, I like yet, Rob Lowe and An- and Adam Scott are just so good in those. Seasons. Rob Lowe is Adam Scott the city manager. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah that, they they are so good. <laughs> They're so funny. <laughs> it felt like a sellout to, to ring in Rob Lowe, but it was the opposite. But he's very good. Yeah, he's just so the other, incredibly upbeat all the time. Yeah, <laughs> the other thing that um, has jumped the shark is Walking Dead, of course. But um, I don't think it has though. Well, I so I did enjoy. I did enjoy. Are we going to talk about how far have you got through the second I've, tranche? I have finished the tranche, so actually we should do the right. next podcast. We should talk about those episodes. All right. So listen, yeah. look forward to that. Like normally we talk too much about Walking Dead, but that's nothing. No. <laughs> next next episode we'll talk it's, too much yeah. about Walking next Dead. Next episode is Walking Dead oh, season eleven, second tranche. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> tranche two. Um, yes. uh, yeah, I really liked. After saying I was a bit. I was a bit underwhelmed. The the second half of Tranche 2, I thought, delivered quite well. Yeah, really delivered. Uh, it was when even... Ne- when Negan even came a back... Bit where I was... I was just yeah, like, yeah. yes, he's yeah. back. Yeah, you said you were... What did you call it? Grab, what's that, grabbing? I did a double air grab. Air grabbing, air yeah, grabbing. That's yeah. right, yeah. Yes, <laughs> he's back. Yeah, the there was a bit in... One of the episodes, I think it was it was in the um, the place where Negan has been living. Yes, where I was, I actually thought some of the characters might die. I was worried for them. Yeah, which is a feeling I haven't had for 
I don't know, eight seasons or <laughs> five seasons at least. Um, so that was really exciting. Of course, none of them did die. So no, no, I was I was disappointed. They um they gave Michael Bean, who is of course Corporal Hicks in Aliens, so so long right. ago now. They give him a little cameo in where we meet. Like he's the leader of that group of people who are in that apartment oh, building. I thought I recognised him, but he okay. doesn't last very long. And it's like, oh come no. on, it's Michael <laughs> Bean. Surely you can give him more to do than that. Which is uh, a well, shame. they can't have more people who are bulletproof. I got so no, many I guess already. not. No. Anyway, let's talk about that in the next pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, any plugging? No, zero plugging. I've got some. The reason I asked oh, is because no, I do I have some plugging. Oh, go go for it. Go for, go I for, do have some plugging. So my wife, who is an artist, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, has a store at Redbubble. Redbubble, which is another. Um, uh, place where artists can sell their goods. Red bubble. So red bubble. Red bubble. Red, red bubble. bubble. It's time to cut out the cancer. <laughs> so, how would I find stuff on Red Bubble? I will. Put, I'll get a link that we can post to our site, and then people can cool, follow cool, it. Cool, 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 yeah. So we'll put we'll put we'll put a link in the. So notes different and... um, products from the last ones that we talked about, okay. which were what kind of products. Uh, she's um, really into butterflies this time, so uh, right, 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 right. Yeah, so the the Mexican butterfly that migrates a long way, that one. Right, right. Yeah, uh, one but- butterfly specifically. Yes, yes, one particular wow. design. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yes, new designs, new outlet. Go red buy bubble. them, basically. Yeah, red bubble, red bubble, cockerel art, red bubble. I think it is that. Cockerel, yeah, but I'll, I'll get a link. Art or something. I'll get a link. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cool, 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 cool. Anything cool. to plug? But I haven't, I haven't exactly got something to plug. I've just got something to show off about because I'm really pleased, <laughs> really excited about it. Okay. So I've been. I, I don't know if I mentioned before. I might have been keeping it secret because it's not ready yet. But I've been working on a Secret Santa website because we use. Yes, um, you did mention that. We have yeah. a, we have a couple of Secret Santas with our family and a group of friends and stuff like that, and they, we've used Elfster for it before. And Elfster is fine, except. Uh, when you want to make a wish list and you and you say, uh, you know, you just want to write in, you know, I like red things, I don't like green things or whatever, Elfster makes it really difficult to just say something like that because it wants you to find some product from their product database because yeah. that's how they make money. Um, and it's fair enough, I don't blame them, but it means that it's a bad experience, especially for someone who finds it hard to navigate websites. Yep. So... Um, uh, yeah, so that was enough to make me think I have to write my own one. So I've been writing my own one. I've been doing all the boring bits of just like <coughs> making there be a website, letting you be able to log in, blah, blah, blah. Well, mm-hmm. actually, making you able to log in is actually really interesting, but I'd already done it for a previous project, so I was just reusing it, so it's pretty boring. Um, but now I've got to the interesting bit, which is calculating who's giving a present to whom. So in practice, you just pick randomly and it would be absolutely fine. But in, in that kind of situation, you want to have restrictions like so-and-so can't buy for, their, for their, their own spouse or something like that. So you want to be able to add restrictions. So you need a little bit more than just completely random choosing. Um, and so I was, I was thinking about writing this algorithm. And obviously what you can do is just guess a few times and you'll probably get it right. But we don't want to do that. We want to do something more principled than that. So what I've done is gone and figured out the correct mathematical name for this, this algorithm uh, which is a Hamiltonian circuit. Ah, that is a Hamiltonian circuit is in a graph. If, if imagine it, uh, um, a load of dots which are people and lines between them which are um, like someone's giving a present to someone, um, or someone is allowed to give a present to someone, and then you try and find a path through all those dots through the lines that are there that makes a circuit like a, all the way round. And everyone gets to give one present and receive one present. So right. Hamiltonian circuit is a good way of solving um, uh, the like secret center problem. So I found, I found that. And then I found a, a, a paper from 1973. I'm showing this to the camera for the live viewers. I found hmm. a 1973 math, math, maths paper with like a really nice algorithm for how to find the Hamiltonian find all the Hamiltonian circuits in a graph mm. and now I'm implementing that in one of the most commonly used 
uh, graphing libraries for Ru the Rust programming language, so that anyone who wants a Hamiltonian circuit will be able to use my code. Hopefully, are you um, um, quoting the the paper? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'll be citing my sources definitely. Yeah. Um, uh, so it's really exciting to me that I'm doing like code that's based on maths. Uh, from a paper that was published in 1973, which I printed out on actual paper and then wrote on in pen. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. And then con hopefully contributing that to this graph library so anyone who wants to do similar stuff will be able to reuse it. And then I'll use it in my thing. So um, I've been having a lot of fun um, thinking about how to get this thing to work in, in Rust. It's been awesome. I love Rust programming. Excellent. I like I like certain limited bits of maths. Yes. So that's the fun things that I've been doing recently. And that's why this podcast isn't normally about stuff I want to talk about. No, but uh, it is sometimes. <laughs> it is sometimes. We yeah. should do, We should probably do one about, um, uh, like, just, like, decentralized stuff. You know, I've got some matrixy stuff that I can talk about. Yeah, that would be interesting, got, actually, yeah. We've got Twitter, like... You could explain the, Federation. Yeah. I could try and explain Federation. I recently did a talk about Matrix where I talked a bit about Federation. Um, but we could also talk about like more realistic stuff like will will Twitter ever really stop being the dominant thing? And um, how do you find people when... I mean, if you're going to jump back into Mastodon, for example, we should we should try and follow your journey of like how do you find people that you actually want to follow yeah. when there's no central algorithm like doing it for you sure enough sure enough i'm i'm approaching my point of no return tonight i'm right tired you're thinking that my, oh you mean <laughs> no no i'm tired that's all <laughs> no yeah. not your point of leaving twitter which we were talking about oh no i'm definitely going to leave twitter yeah right, i'm done right, right. but right, uh, right, no right, i'm right. i'm going to have to bug out soon right because well, I, I think well. i think i think we might be done that was very good fun though I enjoyed that. So thank you very much. Thank you, listener. Thank you for the more than zero people who appear to be listening on Twitch. More than Amazing. zero? More than zero. Ooh. I reckon there's been four for some of the time. Maybe even more. Those are the people who are in the chat. Whatever a single that means. air grab from me. <laughs> single air grab. So, yeah, um, if you like what you see in here, we should be back every other Monday-ish, around 8.30-ish UK time. <laughs> to record a podcast or you can find us on um, I don't know wherever you find your podcasts we're called The Good Robot Andrews we are and it's time to cut out the cancer it's time to cut out the cancer <laughs> so we'll see you next time yeah we will bye bye <laughs>